Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You podcast. Drum roll, please, ladies and gentlemen. This is season six, episode one. Woo! Got all this Woo-hoo! all this way and have not yet been canceled. Yeah. We are thankful <laughs> for that. That's a and, lot more than uh, some sitcoms can say. That's for yeah, sure. it is. It is. Uh, so we're coming to you today. We're all together in the same room. Woo! For the first time in a really yeah. long time. It feels time. Too good. Long, too long. So uh, we're coming to you today from Colorado Springs, home of Rick Barry. Alan, do you know that name? Oh, my word, the underhanded free throw (laughs) shooter. Exactly. So he did it differently than others, but in the end, he did it better than others. He led the league in free throw percentage every year. And that's what we're going to talk about on today's podcast, doing it differently. I'm going home. But doing it what a I did not sign better. up for a sports podcast. I'm Terry, church ministries leader for the Alliance. And I'm Alan, director of multiplication for Eastern PA, among other things. And sitting across from us with a smile on her face is... Caitlin Guyverson. Hi, everybody. Caitlin is our Woo. producer. And uh, she has an Alliance Mission sweatshirt on. I'm not Damn. sure, hoodie, I should call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure how I get one of those. It's uh, I had to pay for it. I don't I don't always get free things. But wow. if Tim Crouch, if you're listening, hook me up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apparently Terry gets free things. <laughs> our guest today is uh, Dave Ferguson, who is Ooh, the founder yes. of uh, Exponential and the pastor of... Uh, Christian Community Church. Sorry, Community Christian Church. Here we go. I always get them backwards. You are so close. We are well prepared. Community Christian Church. It was in my head and it wasn't written down anywhere. Have mercy on me. Exponential (laughs) is a church multiplication uh, movement, uh, uh, training and uh, equipping organization that we're part of in the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Love what they're doing and looking forward to this conversation with uh, Dave. I like the fact, Alan, that Dave not only is leading this organization, but he keeps his his, uh, hands involved in the local church, still pastoring a local church. Yep. And that keeps him immersed in uh, trends and and what local church ministry really looks like. What do you you have to say about Dave? Well, Um, I'm just, I know it's going to be a practical conversation. He's such a good thinker, but he's also very down to earth. You're not going to get lost in the clouds. I am 100% confident that our listeners are going to finish this conversation and be like, wow, I, I, I have some next steps to take that are going to be really beneficial for working in God's kingdom. So grab yourself a Chipotle tractor beverage. What in the world is that? I don't know, but I saw it on the internet. <laughs> and if oh, you no. buy these like lemonades or teas at Chipotle, then money gets donated to farmers and this episode is all about the harvest. Wow. Oh. You are making all kinds of connections. He's Extra points for you today, my friend. Laying it on thick well, today. I think I'm setting the bar too high in episode <laughs> one of season six. So, sit back, relax. Here we go. Oh, 
Hey, Equipping You friends, it's Caitlin here, and I want to tell you about something super special that we have launched here at Equipping You that's just for you, and we think you're really going to love it. If you're an avid Equipping You listener, an Equipping You live attender, or both, you need to join our Facebook group called Equipping You Community. We love that on the podcast and at Equipping You Live, we get to empower you in your ministries. But we believe that for you to really see the true transformation of your leadership that you want, applying what you learn in community is key. So pause this episode right now and head over to facebook.com slash groups slash equipping you community. Or you can go to equippingyou.com and scroll all the way to the bottom and click on equipping you community. We can't wait to see you there. And we're pleased to welcome Dave Ferguson to Equipping You podcast. Dave, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Terry. And uh, we love to get to know our guests a little bit. So tell us about yourself, a little bit about your spiritual journey, and how God got a hold of your heart to call you into ministry. My dad and mom were actually church planters, and um, they were from uh, rural Missouri, or if you're from northeast Missouri, we call it Missouri. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. And they moved, they moved to Chicago to plant a church. And so I kind of grew up in that environment. Um, so my early memories are uh, stacking or unstacking chairs <laughs> in the, the Blackhawk Junior High Elementary where they planted a church. Yeah. And uh, so I kind of grew up in that. Um, but it was probably in college for me that somewhere in my freshman year, the, the burning question became, what are you going to trade your life for? Hmm. And... It didn't take long for me uh, to go like, okay, I want I want to trade my life to help to help people find their way back to God. That's how I work now. And, and, and to be honest with you, Terry, I, I didn't want to be a pastor because I think I think growing up as a pastor's kid, like everybody assumed you'd be a pastor, right. and that kind of ticked me off. And <laughs> so, but but the more I kind of started thinking about this, okay, I want to help people find their way back to God because that felt like okay, that's probably now that's a way you could really make a big difference. But eventually, it was kind of like, okay, well, the best way to help people find their way back to God is probably through a local church. I also reasoned that just by temperament and personality, probably an established local church might not enjoy me as much as maybe a brand new church that I could start. <laughs> there you go. And uh, so I decided, you know what? I should start a church. And then the more I thought about it, you know what? If I could start a church that started churches, that started churches, you know, like a multiplying church, then I could help lots of people find their way back to God. And, uh, and so really that was kind of the, uh, the, 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 the seed of that idea that got planted uh, when I was a freshman in college and kind of got birthed later on. Wow. You were ahead of the curve at that point. That's Absolutely. for sure. That's great. Well, I think part of it, having a mom and dad were in church planning, you know, I, I'm sure there was tons of stuff that happened, or I'd say around the, you know, around the kitchen table that I wasn't even aware of that was already kind of, uh, ruminating and, uh, in my mind. Yeah. That's great stuff. Love to hear that tradition, that heritage. So one of the things that we've uh, started to enjoy doing is asking our guests who's influenced them as a leader. We've got some really neat answers over the course of several podcasts. So we'd love to hear uh, who's been influential in your life. Well, I've already mentioned my folks, so I think that was a, that was one. I'll, I'll throw out um, I'll throw out a couple other names, and I and I kind of feel like just providentially God's been very very kind to me. One of them would be, uh, do you remember the name, uh, you know, Carl George? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. So when I was getting ready to plant a church, Carl had just finished up uh, his work on, and your, your listeners will have to go back and do some homework on this to figure out what I'm talking about. 
or what he called the meta church model. Right? I remember I read yep. that. Okay, so you guys I heard it at How to Break the Two Hundred Church, How to Break the Two Hundred Barrier in Atlanta in about nineteen eighty six or seven. Right, he did that stuff with Bob Logan back in the day. Wow. So I had this this was a little bit after that, but he was getting ready to to kind of um, lay out what he discovered from some of the fastest growing churches in history from Seoul, South Korea, and how it could be applied to the Western context. And I had not even planted a church yet, and so I'm snail mail, you know, I'm mailing him trying to harass, how can I come to your meta church cluster consultation? And he's telling me, well, you can't come because one is you don't, you're not even leaving the church and it's certainly not big enough, but I just kept bugging him long enough that he invited me to one of their first said, I'll tell you what, you can sit on the observer's bench. <laughs> I don't even, even know what he's talking about an observer's bench, but I, all I knew is I got, I got to be in the room. So I uh, went to Cincinnati, got to hear him, unfold kind of how do you do this multiplying church thing that we're seeing in other parts of the world and apply it in the Western context. And uh, I'll throw another name at you. Uh, Eddie Gibbs, do you know that name? I know the name, but I'm not as familiar with him. I don't know the name. Well, Eddie was actually, was kind of like the father of church growth over in Europe, but he'd just come to Fuller and he'd not heard Carl do his, his presentation. And so it turned out I'm sitting in the side of the room on the observer's bench, but then Eddie Gibbs comes and sits down next to, you know, like a 24-year-old version of me. And basically, Eddie's hearing all this for the first time, and he's basically coaching me through the whole thing. And so it was like the last thing we heard before I planted a church. Like, everybody has to have an apprentice. You think about multiplication. And I was like, okay, we're going to do that. (laughs) Wow. So that was a big influence. And I'll give you one more. Was um, when we planted our church, our first location is uh, in a west suburb of Naperville. Uh, West Suburbs, Chicago, Naperville, Illinois. Yep, yep. And um, one of the guys who lived in Naperville was Lyle Schaller. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow, yeah. And That's a Lyle classic. lived on Brainerd Street, and he came to our very first service. For your listeners who don't know who Lyle was, uh, Lyle probably either authored uh, or edited close to 100 books, mostly yep. on church life in the U.S. At one point in time, was voted the most influential religious leader in America. But he was, he was, I could call him up, and uh, he'd invite me over to his house, and Agnes would make brownies, and he would just coach me up. Wow. Or if I was really desperate, I knew I could find him in the Naperville Library. I'd go over there and walk up and down the aisles, and I'd eventually find him, and I could pick his brain for questions. And probably for the first 15 years in the life of community, and he's now passed, but he was a uh, really important influence. And there's a lot of things that we've done both at community, through in multi-site, uh, through new thing, our church planning movement that um, I just, you know, I'm sitting in his living room. He's saying, no, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I'm feverishly taking notes and trying to apply it. Wow. wow. That those sounds are... like God really was uh, providential in arranging those things yeah, for you. Indeed. Indeed. Those are great connections. Yeah, I mean, think about those like him in particular to have access to him on a regular basis. Yeah. That's yeah. absurd. Phenomenal. Yeah. So Dave, you're one of the founders of Exponential, a, a church planning consortium of sorts, and uh, we benefit from that in the Alliance. We were talking before we went on the air here that uh, uh, the last big event we uh, were at before COVID was Exponential 2020, First Baptist Church, Orlando, Florida. 5,000 people gathered in one room. Imagine that uh, in 
uh, in well, our. I'm, I'm a little afraid that might have been a super spreader. Yeah, 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 yeah maybe that's where it all got started. But uh, I, hope not. Uh, yeah. I hope not too. We had 150 Alliance uh, people there that week, and great time. So, as one of the founders of uh, Exponential, tell us the short story of what led to the founding of that organization and why it exists. My buddy Todd Wilson, who's the other founder. He was uh, the executive pastor at a church out in the D.C. area, and they were getting ready to go multi-site. And we had some mutual friends, and so they got a hold of us and asked if we'd help coach them to go to multiple locations. Well, we struck up a friendship, and in the process, we both showed up at this uh, small church planning conference called the National New Church Conference. And it had been around for about, oh, 30 years and, you know, had a couple hundred people. And it was one of those deals where, at the end of it, basically a handful of people go out to lunch and say, okay, who wants to be in charge next year? And mm-hmm. most of it was kind of like, I don't want to be in charge next year. I did it this year or the year before. <laughs> and, and, turned, and Todd happened to be invited to lunch. And so Todd was like, I'll do it. I'll be in charge next year. And you guys both know Todd. I mean, he's a genius. Yeah. Um, he's not really an upfront guy. And so Todd called me and he said, hey, I just volunteered to be in charge of the National New Church Conference. How about if I do all the behind the scenes stuff and you do the upfront stuff and we'll tag team this and do it together? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. This will be fun. Wow. And so we did that next year and it went from, you know, a couple hundred people. We had like six or seven hundred. And then the next year it was eighteen hundred. And it's just I mean, God's favor has just been all over it. And um, eventually we went from the East Coast to the West Coast. Now we have the gathering the national gathering down in orlando with about 10 regionals and we've since gone to we now have exponential europe which is two years into the making and just launched exponential australia yeah god's god's been very 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 kind i'm i'm grateful to be a part of it and and we're grateful you are and grateful for the influence that Expo, Ex, exponentials having not only on the alliance but on so many uh, uh denominations and churches yeah, and I've appreciated that too, and the variety of speakers you guys bring there, so that it's not just this is the one way you do it to make it happen. You know, we care about gospel multiplication, and God can use all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. So it's been pretty formational for me to be part of that. And honestly, the workshops are amazing. That's what's always great for me. Um, so with you, you know, you've already mentioned Community Christian Church. You've already mentioned how God prepared you with some of those uh, gifted leaders. Uh, we could talk to you about Exponential all day, but we really wanted you on today to talk about your book, Hero Maker, even though you just put out a brand new book called Bless, about reaching your neighbors for Christ, which is great as well. But today we like to talk about Hero Maker. So sure. what what led you to believe that um, the American church needed a book like Hero Maker? It probably, and, and, and honestly, it probably wasn't just the American church, but um, one of the things that we did, and, and as Exponential grew... Um, we actually were able to have access to lots of terrific people and thought leadership. So a couple, on two different occasions down, we assembled groups of kind of thought leaders in Atlanta and really were, began to ask the question, what are the leaders? And when we use the term leader, it could be at the smallest level, like a small group leader or a missional community leader, or at the highest level, you know, a senior level staff leader, what are the leaders of multiplying churches? What do they have in common? One of the things we, I remember we made this long list of different characteristics and traits that we, that all of us had observed in kind of these reproducing multiplying churches. We probably had a list of maybe 25, 30 
characteristics, traits, practices, habits. And it wasn't me, but one of the persons that was there, I think it was actually Dave Rhodes, he, he kind of stepped back and he looked at this list and he said, you know what's consistent through all of these is that the leaders in these reproducing and multiplying churches, it's like they're not really trying to be the hero. It's like they're making heroes of other people. Mm-hmm. And he'd done a lot of work with you know the hero's story, the hero's journey, and it kind of stuck. And we just it's kind of like we started saying, no, what they are, they're, they're hero makers. And part of our passion at Exponential and a passion personally is to, rest- to see the church restored to its original form, which is a, is a movemental form. And for the church to really be a, not just a place where you outsource your spirituality and your, your kids get you know a dose of Jesus, but really to be a movement that's really redeeming and restoring the world, a movement, it's got to be multiplying. And so for that to happen, we're just like, okay, one of the key places where this has to change is in the leadership. And um, and so one of the things that we observe is amongst these reproducing and multiplying leaders who are leading these reproducing multiplying churches was that these they had a disposition. They, it was fundamentally different that they weren't trying to be the heroes, but they were really hero makers. Yeah, that's good stuff. It is good stuff. I just started reading another exponential book. Uh, I'm sorry. You, I'm sure you know him personally. I can think of his last name, but Dietrich, the book on shift. Which you know that whole oh, yeah. important shift in there about that as well. Dietrich, Dietrich Schindler, yeah, and, Schindler, and, yes. and it's, for your audience too, I got a chance to interview him for uh, on the on the hub at Exponential. One of the things that's important about Dietrich, I would encourage you to take a look at his book, is that he he's 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 a German guy, but he understands the American context. So he spent most of his most of his life in a in a in a European setting where it's post Christian, where which is where we're headed. But he understands the American church because he was actually born, I think, in the Milwaukee area. And so he's able to speak to both audiences. And uh, there's some really smart, smart things, particularly around uh, the micro church and how microsites and micro churches can multiply mm-hmm. that I think he has a handle on that few others do. So that, it's a, that's, a, that's a lead there, um, Alan. And I, I'd encourage your listeners to take a look at it. We'll put that in the show notes for sure to help people find it easier. So, Dave, in the beginning of your book, Hero Maker, you you write that uh, many churches overlook a a simple leadership secret of Jesus. Let us in on the secret and uh, and why it matters. I I think we find that in John. In one example of it, I think we find it right in John 14, 12, where Jesus looks at his closest followers and he makes this statement. He says, you're going to do the things that I've done. And then he goes even one more. And he says, no, you're going to do greater things. Yeah. Hmm. And what Jesus is saying there, he's looking at this ragtag group of kind of working class <clears throat> uh, fishermen and, and other folks. And he's saying, listen, you've seen me do things, but you're going to do even greater things. You're going to take the gospel to more places than I ever took it. You're going to be the ones who are actually going to write the best selling book, the Bible, not me. You're the ones who are going to actually be the catalyst for this movement that's going to way beyond anywhere I have ever traveled. And I think what he was doing, he was vision casting for them. And in that moment, he was having what we we refer to at Hero, having an ICNU conversation, the four most important letters of the alphabet. I see this in you. I see in you conversation with them. And, um, And I think he was really saying, you know what? You're going to be the heroes of this movement, not me. Now, now, sometimes I get a little pushback and go like, hold it, isn't Jesus our hero? Well, absolutely, he is our hero in that. He stretched his arms and died on the cross. 
But I'm talking about when you come to his 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 leadership style, his leadership approach, how he wanted to see this movement work was, and imagine this, even Jesus didn't think he was going to get it done by himself. And so for any of us who in some way think that we're going to impact our neighborhoods, our communities, our country, this world, all by myself or by me on my platform, it's just pure foolishness. Yeah, so and true. so this is not just a kind of an altruistic, nice way of being a leader. What this is, is this is the most effective way to get the church to move it so we can actually get the job done. That is great stuff for sure. And um, I think we we encounter something else that uh, church leaders aren't considering. Uh, you mentioned in the book that church leaders are always asking the, the same wrong question over and over again. So what is the wrong question and, and what makes it the wrong question? I might, yeah, I think it is the wrong question. And I think here's the, here's what, here's what's tricky about the wrong question is it's a good question. Yeah. Sometimes wrong questions are good <laughs> questions. Great, but it's not a great question. Yeah. <laughs> and that all, that's also kind of the subtlety that you have to make. <clears throat> Cause again, like being a hero is a good thing, but it's just not, it's not as great a thing as being a hero maker. Mm. I, th- I, th- my experience has been, and I'd love for your listeners just to kind of really do some reflection on this. And I'll try to talk a little slower so you can kind of just go, is this really true of me? And it's this, I think a lot of us who lead churches, we wake up every day going like, how can I grow my church? Mm. How can I grow my church? And I think a lot of it does come from the church growth model, which is not bad. It's good. It's just not great. And and in, and candidly, in um, in exponential vernacular, maybe I could inform your audience that we, we talk about five levels of church, and I'll give you the great question. And the five levels of church, or level one is a is a church that's in decline. A level two church is a church that's plateaued. A level three church is a church that's growing. Now, most of us as church leaders, we exist with only an awareness of those three levels, that the best that we can do is grow. If I could grow this church, that's the best I can do. And so that's why we ask this good, not great question. How can I grow my church? But well, one of the things we're trying to raise the awareness of, both in Hero Maker and also the Exponential, is that there's actually two other levels of church. There's a reproducing church, and the reproducing church is a church that ever planned another church or ever started another site. And then there, I think there's level five, that's a multiplying church. And that's a church that really is trying to fulfill that Acts 1 vision, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, or 2 Timothy 2, 2, where you got four generations of multiplication. So it's a church that plants churches, that plants churches, that plants churches. And so all of a sudden, when you become aware that there's actually a possibility for your church to become a reproducing or multiplying, a level four and level five church, that forces you to begin to ask a different question, which I think is a better question. So here it is. Instead of asking the question, how do I grow my church? And you can see, you can even hear where it's focused on. It's focused on me and my church. The better question is, how do we multiply God's kingdom? Hmm. And, and it goes from my, like it's focused on what do I do? Do we, you're, you're looking at all of God's people, mm-hmm. and it goes from growing level three to multiply and how do we get to level five, a movemental form. And instead of just my church, like the one that writes my paycheck and the, you know, the, the, the steeple that I'm under, but instead it's God's kingdom. It becomes both a 
kind of a capital C church, but also an aspirational, eventually, hey, here, we want to usher in the kingdom. There's an entirely different focus. And so we talk about going like, hey, there's a better question that we can ask is I would love to see the day when church leaders wake up every morning instead of going like, how do I grow my church? They think about all the other church leaders in their community. They think about the capital C, the bigger church, the kingdom. And they go like, how can we multiply God's kingdom? And I'm telling you, if you wake up asking that question, it'll force you to be a hero maker hmm. because you're going to know you can't do it on your own. Oh, that's a good yeah, word. Very good word, Dave. We we really appreciate that. You're such an advanced uh, podcast guest that you're answering questions before we ask them. So we get to <laughs> skip on to the uh, to the next one here. This, uh, and this right, so hold on. I got, I got to so Terry, you were joking beforehand. You said now. If you're not very good, we'll probably cut you off about 15 minutes. So it looks like we're about the 20 minute mark. So I must be doing okay. You're doing great. You, you've made yeah, it. You've made it. Yeah, Dave. 21 minutes and going strong, and we got a ways to go here. This is good stuff. Alan tapped. <laughs> Alan tapped me at 14 minutes and said, "Cut him off. Cut oh, him I off." <laughs> but, but I said, "No, Alan. He's doing a good job. Oh, wow, Just okay. relax. Sit oh, back." Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> So I, guess, I guess that I guess that uh, that fifty bucks I Venmoed you, Terry, paid off, huh? Yeah, that's great. It that's did. Great. It'll take seventy-five next time, but uh, oh my, it did. I, I'm an expert at throwing Alan under the bus. He is. So. I have lots of tire marks on me, so it's great. <laughs> so uh, this will this will take a little longer to uh, answer, but uh, walk us through, if you will, Dave, the five practices of a hero maker. This. This uh, this person who's looking at uh, not growing their church but advancing the kingdom of God. Be glad to yes. Um, and each of these are a shift again, kind of from something that's good to something that really is great. And the first shift is what we call a, a kind of a shift in thinking. And the first practice is multiplication thinking. And this is where instead of thinking that that leadership happens through my own leadership. Just me. Now, all of a sudden, you have to think about, okay, no, it happens best through others. It happens best through others. And I don't know how much – you have to kind of coach me on how much time we got here because I could give you a story with every one of these. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep going. You're, you're, on a, you're like butter. You're on a roll, Dave. Keep going. Well, you guys know Neil Cole. This is way back in the day. Yeah. I'm sitting in a, a workshop with Neil Cole, and Neil says this. He says, hey, I want you to take the current dream for your church. And I'm like, okay, what's my – at that point in time – I'm just asking a good question, not a great question, because I'm I, my dream for my church, I wanted my church, here's the way I say it, to be a thousand people. I'm going like, if I could have a thousand people, boy, that would be something. And I remember he said this, so take your current dream for your church, now multiply it times a million. And wow. so all of a sudden I go, a thousand times a million, okay, that's a billion. And then he says, now I want you to figure out how do you accomplish that dream. Hmm. And all of a sudden, it was like, it just like my head exploded. Hmm. Because before I got like, well, maybe I could teach well enough to hold the attention of a thousand people. Or I could organize well enough to get, you know, a hundred small groups of 10 people each. Now all of a sudden a billion people, I, I had enough sense to know I could not do that on my own. I was going to have to work through other people, plant other churches, work with other denominations, all kinds of stuff like that. And what it did is it forced me into this, what I, this first practice of multiplication thinking. And I had to start thinking differently. And, um, I'd encourage your listeners, take your current dream, maybe a million is too much for it, just multiply by 100, multiply by 100, and, and write it out on the back of a napkin and go like, okay, how do you make that happen? Because I'm telling you, it's going to be bigger than you are, and it'll a bigger dream or a compelling cause forces you into multiplication thinking. And I think that's what Jesus was doing in Acts 
He was like, hey, here's a big dream. You guys aren't going to pull this off on your own. But you figure out, okay, you figure out how you're going to get this thing from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And if, I think it forced him to go like, okay, I got, I got to work through other people. I got to be a hero maker. So that's the first one. The, the, second, the second practice is what we call permission giving. And I hinted at this a little bit earlier too. And this is a shift in what you, in really what you see. And it's taking the focus off your own leadership and begin to see the leadership potential in the people around you. The same way that Jesus looked at those apostles and said, hey, come follow me. And they were stunned. They were stunned that he actually wanted to invest in them. One great takeaway, I think, it's been helpful for me, for your audience, if, if they're church leaders. For, and I mentioned this earlier. The four most important letters of the English alphabet for a leader are I-C-N-U. If you'll have, consistently have, I-C-N-U conversations with the people in your church and tell them, say, you know what, Alan? Here's what I see in you. And, and I know Alan is, I mean, is a multiplication director there. I'm, I'm sure those are conversations you're consistently having with people. I'm like, hey, here's what I see in you. I see this possibility. You could do this. For most of us that are in ministry, there was somebody somewhere along the way who saw something in us that we didn't see in ourselves. And Terry, I see you shaking your head. Yeah. So you, you probably could. I'll tell you what, I'm going to ask you and just say, there's probably somebody who saw something in you that yep. you didn't see in yourself yep. that believed in you before you believed in yourself. Absolutely. Who, who was that person? Mark O'Farrell, who was uh, a mentor of mine from the beginning of my ministry, and he's eventually the one who said, Terry, I want you to be a director of church planning. And that launched me into things I've done that I had no idea would ever happen in my life. So thankful for that, man. And actually, and, Terry's and see, one of those guys that, for me. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, I was serving in a local church that I had planted, and we had partnered together to plant another church in our city. And then he moved into a leadership role in our district, and he said, I want you to oversee church planning for me in our district. And I'm like, you know a lot of people, and you're asking me? And uh, I, that was a life-changing day for me. It really was. I love hearing those stories. And the question then becomes for the three of us, but also everyone listening in, how do we become much more intentional about almost on a daily basis, having those kind of conversations. And candidly, those are conversations like we ought to be having with our kids too. That's so true. these are not just even mm -hmm. like leadership yeah. questions. These are personal development conversations we ought to be having. Hey, I see this in you. Those are the first two practices, multiplication thinking, permission giving. The, the third one is what we call disciple multiplying, which I, if I only got to have one practice of a hero maker, that would be, that would be this would be the only one. Hmm. And one of the things we notice about Jesus is in his three years with, with primarily 12 folks, all right, he spent 73%. We actually went back and we had someone do the research on this. He spent 73% of his time with just a handful of people with those 12, and he spent the other 27% with the masses. So basically three-fourths of his time was with his small group that he was investing in, and another quarter was kind of like with a large group. I consistently encourage leaders, how much time are you investing preparing for the weekend, the large group? Hmm. How much time are you putting into a handful of small, you know, yeah. a small group of leaders? Yeah, that's that is a that percentage thing really grabs me. It it's kind of a come to reality, my friend. <laughs> and and I think that's that's part of the 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 life life of a hero maker. So the, the and one of the things I'll mention too in these practices. So you go from uh, multiplication thinking, permission giving, disciple multiplying. These actually build on each other, and they're they're actually sequential. The fourth practice is what we call gift activating, 
And I think this is what we see Jesus do in Matthew 28. Um, and, and I kind of, I'll use my hands where, and you guys can see me and our listeners can't, but I'll just kind of describe it. My hands are kind of pointed out like this. Most of the time we have our hands kind of up, held upward like this going, God bless me. God bless my gifts. The hero maker, and that's a good thing again. It's just not a great thing. The great thing is when you can make the shift and go like, God bless, and, I, and, you, and you're actually blessing the people you're sending out. And so your hands are moving outward and you're saying, God bless the people you're sending out. And I think that's what happened in Matthew 28. He says, all authority I've given you, now you go. And it's, it's literally a commissioning. It's a commissioning. I remember being in, um, in, in Nairobi at the invitation of Pastor Bishop Miro to speak at Nairobi Chapel. He marches on the stage, 31 men and women. At first, I thought it was a choir. <laughs> it wasn't the choir. <laughs> but these are 31 men and women that he was getting ready to commission to go out and plant churches wow. in, uh, in, in Kibera, the slums of Africa. And uh, he affirms them. He puts his hands on them, has the whole church there, this large church, all reach out their hands towards them to pray. And it was this prayer of commissioning. commissioning. And it was it was like this, this corporate fourth practice of, of gift activating. They were fully activating their gifts. And I think one of the mistakes we sometimes make in an effort of hero making is we have someone become our associate or someone become our right-hand person or number two, or, and they just stay there forever. That person is not meant to be your perpetual associate or right-hand man or number two. No, you're developing them so you can fully activate their gifts. And in many cases, release them to send them out to do even greater things, just like Jesus. No, I want you to do greater things mm. than me. And that's the last practice is uh, the fifth one is kingdom building. And, and the kingdom building is a, really is a shift in the scorecard where you shift from going like, how many people are coming to my thing? And instead, you go, no, how many people am I sending out to do God's thing? So instead of like counting, okay, how many people are showing up at my small group? How many people are showing up at my student ministry or my church? The most important metric becomes, no, how many other small group leaders have I sent out? How many other student ministries have I helped start? How many other churches have I helped plant? And what's the cumulative impact of those? Yeah, And uh, and that goes back kind of that you kind of prompted me with the, the most important kind of the most important question how can we right multiply god's kingdom so yeah. fairly briefly those are the five practices and um those come from that list of like 25 or 30 that we made yeah uh, down in atlanta and we just kind of synthesized them and then said okay what are the top five that we give to people to really be helpful to them it's great i think um i really appreciate that i think you know i'm always looking for resources i can put in people's hands that is that don't feel like they're going to get lost in the weeds, you know, and in my honestly, when it comes to multiplication, probably the two books I recommend the most is Hero Maker, just because of the, these practices are so easy to understand. And J.D. Greer's book, Gaining by Losing, you know, it just takes that, that that's just a transformational shift for people. And if they can start thinking with all both of those books in mind, it's going to change everything and how they approach ministry. Well, and, and one of the things, too, for your listeners, so we not only give them those five practices. But then with each of those five practices, we actually will give them a simple tool that they can use to implement that practice. I mean, immediately. Yeah. You can, like I see in you conversation, here's how you can immediately implement permission giving or what we call a dream napkin. Yeah. You know, ah. if you can find a, you can find a bold piece of paper. Here's how you can immediately begin to implement multiplication thinking. So we, we, we did the hard work of also going like, okay, how can we give them a simple tool that anybody can immediately begin to use? And, um, I think 
you know, we probably all know each other or are familiar with each other well enough to know that one of the things I really value is kind of implementation and not, and not only thought leadership. So that's mm-hmm. what we're really striving for yeah. there. It's yeah, great. that's a, that's a huge deal. So thank you very much for, you did a great job of doing those in a short period of time, man. And we gave you more than 30 minutes. So you must've been doing great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, we're going to land the plane here, but I'm going to give you one more, one more opportunity to answer one more question and just a snippet. If our okay. listeners are sensing a conviction to change from being a hero to being a hero maker, tell us one or two good places for them to start. Well, I'll tell you what, one of the things I, I wouldn't, you know, if they would go to, uh, like to, to, to my website, daveferguson.org, it'll have all the resources there. Or if they want to go to heromakerbook.org, it has all the stuff there. And I'll do something else for you guys too. Any of your listeners, if they want to email me directly, my email is daveferguson at newthing.org, daveferguson at newthing.org. If they'll use the book to actually train others, we have some videos and also a PDF discussion guide that I can email them, and I'd be glad to email them both for free. Wow. Those videos wow. and that PDF discussion guide. And it'll just it'll make the book come more alive and give them give you more tools so you can actually train other leaders. There you Can't go, be guys. Free resources. Guys and gals, it's free. <laughs> there you go. And you'll get more than you pay for. That's right. So Dave, <laughs> thank you. We really appreciate your investment in the alliance in a variety of ways. And uh, thanks for being a hero maker and a church multiplier. Uh, we pray God's richest blessings on your uh, ongoing ministry. Well, Terry and Alan, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And, and thanks for your modeling, what it looks like uh, for your whole tribe to be hero makers. And uh, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, Dave. It's great to have you. So, Alan, I love every podcast interview we have, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, me too. I, I uh, come out of them all saying, wow. That interviewee was really great. But that was really great. That was really great. Outstanding. And I love the I see in you, the whole idea of being a hero maker and yep. not not a he, not just a hero. Yep. Got a book to read. I just moved into a new neighborhood. So uh, you mentioned his book, Bless, yep. about reaching great neighbors book. for Christ. Yep. I'm going to get that in my hands and read it as, uh, as Ruth and I think about making an impact in our new neighborhood. Uh, what'd you get a uh, glean from the uh, interview, Alan? Well, I mean, like I predicted in the uh, intro, it, it is very intensely practical. Uh, you had mentioned the ICNU. If we can just be having those kind of conversations on a regular basis to call out uh, gifting and leadership in people is a, a powerful thing. Uh, but also to just shift our minds to say, it's not just about us. You know, how can we part, be part of God's multiplying harvest? And I, I, I'm guessing that every single one of our listeners today is like, all right, I definitely have a solid uh, few steps that I want to take to start shifting in a new direction that leads to multiplication. And Dave offered free resource yes. uh, to uh, enable you to begin to take those steps, take advantage of that, share this uh, podcast with uh, friends and enemies alike. Amen. And uh, Bless your enemies. We look forward to welcome you back for our next uh, episode. We hope this one was uh, helpful and encouraging to you. Meanwhile, keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.